You're recording already, aren't you? I, I, Ben, it would be unethical for me <laughs> to start the recording without advising you, the guest, of that fact. You've been recording this whole time. No. Yeah. No. I've, I've heard the show, Sam. Your Achilles heel is that I'm, I'm a guest that actually listens to the show every so often. Mm. Damn. <laughs> that, is a, that is an Achilles heel. We're in a tight yeah. spot. <laughs> Baltimoreans is a member of the Baltimore Sports Report Network. Find, find more podcasts like this at BaltimoreSportsReport.com. You're listening to Baltimoreans, the home of the all-weather fan. My name is Sam Dingman. This is Alan Smith. Let's get stupid. Baltimoreans. Hello, Baltimoreans. How are y'all doing? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 90 of Baltimoreans, the show that comes to you every week from Brooklyn, yet like Joe Angel and Jim Hunter, still can't figure out how New Yorkers are supposed to talk. Orioles ahead 3-0, bottom one in New York. And the pitch on the way. Alsbury takes it down low. Where are we? One ball and no strikes. New York. Oh, okay. Or is it the Bronx? Well, both. Part of New York City, the Bronx. Come to think of it. Here's the 1-0 delivery. Low again, ball two. That was not a, a very good New York accent, was it? It was okay. That was lousy. See. <laughs> How would you say it? New York. I mean, you, you, are, you were born in New Jersey, New, right? New York. That's close enough. <laughs> ah, that's, that's better. I like that. Wow! Wow! That was, that was, that's just hard to listen to. That was, that was tougher to listen to than a Ubaldo Jimenez start. We've got a fantastic show on tap for you folks. In just a little while, we're going to have the first installment in a brand new segment we're very excited about. Our good friend Ben Mastin, who is, perhaps unsurprisingly, both single and a Yankees fan, (laughs) has agreed to sign up for the new MLB Singles powered by Match.com dating website and report back to us on a recurring basis about his quest for love. Tonight, we'll help him build his profile. We're also very excited to announce our first official sponsor for the program... This has been in the works for a while, and the best part is that they haven't even asked us to awkwardly shoehorn their marketing copy into our intro, or name one of our segments after them. In fact, they said all we have to do is drop the spot they recorded into the show at some point towards the end. So this week we'll be preempting our seventh inning sketch segment to play that for you. Of course, no episode of Baltimoreans would be complete without our most popular recurring segment, the Buddy Groom Franchise Report. Wedsel Gary Groom enjoyed a solid 14-year Major League career as a middle reliever, five of which he spent in Baltimore, but it wasn't until he retired from the big leagues that he truly found his calling, which is naming things after himself. These days, millions of folks get their hair cut at one of Buddy's wildly successful chain of Groom Room barbershops. They bury their loved ones in his certified ghost-proof Groom Tombs and weave countless sweaters, afghans, and blankets with the patented unbreak spools on his groom looms. Yes, sir. The name Buddy Groom is synonymous with quality and innovation, which is why we pause each week to honor his proud legacy. <laughs> oh, I, I just have no idea how much of that was true. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. That's a lot to get into in an hour, of course, and you may find yourself getting nervous about the fact that a lot of it won't make sense (laughs) or indeed have anything whatsoever to do with the sport of baseball, which is discussed with such reliably profound insight and vigor on our sister wife podcasts here at the Baltimore Sports Report Network. There it was. Why on earth, you may be asking yourselves, should I keep it tuned right here? I share your concerns, morons. (laughs) And am, in fact, considering walking out of the entire enterprise myself. (laughs) But my esteemed colleague Alan Smith is here to convince me otherwise. Oh, that is a high bar to keep you in the seats. But for episode 90, it's time to dust off the old baseball truism that it's always 90 feet from home plate. It is, unlike most every other dimension in a baseball park, the one number you can count on every time out. And yet, it is a number that also seems to change relative to different situations. 90 feet for a baseball fan is at once immeasurably far if you happen to be mounting a rally, and inconceivably close if you were clinging to a one-run lead. But did you know, morons, that this didn't always hold true? In fact, early in the dead ball era, the baseball diamond was subject to the same lack of concrete regulation that currently allows the green monster to be a thing that actually exists. In fact, the creation of the Baltimore Chop 
and other infield single type strategies were designed first and foremost by teams that were changing the distance they needed to run to make it to first base. The Baltimore team, credited with the convention of slamming the ball down directly in front of the plate and letting it bounce high in the air as they scampered down the line, developed this tactic in part because they played in a park where the distance from home to first was only 82 feet. But Baltimore was not the worst offenders by far. The New Hampshire Freedom, a short-lived club that held a charter from 1887 to 1902, developed a strategy where they would place first base a different number of paces from home for each game, so the opposing team would be unsure of how far they had to run to arrive safely at first. This peekaboo first tactic, otherwise known as engine basing, was mostly looked down on by the league, but Freedom Manager Max Crab Cartwright refused to give up the advantage. In an interview with the Concord Courant, Crab was quoted as saying, Shut your damn mouth, Dagnabbit. You ask about them bases again, I'm liable to hide first base in the goddamn grandstand. While there is no record of any actual hidden base ploy, the Freedom did have one of the most lopsided home away fielding percentages in the league for their two decades of play. But despite these hijinks, many credit the 1897 Kansas City Cornballers team for finally creating a situation so absurd that a permanent rule change needed to happen. After the team hired three Kenyans and a Somalian runner, though of course at that point in time, Abu Bakr al-Brahim would have claimed heritage from Italian Somaliland, if not the Benadar region of Somalia, instead of the modern nation of Somalia. They developed a tactic where they would hit the ball to the left side of the infield and then set off on a whopping 27,000 foot run to first base. Since it was impossible to throw the ball that far, obviously, infielders would either have to field and then run most of the distance to first base themselves, resulting in the fleet of foot African runners wearing them down over time due to their long distance abilities, or set up a relay line of throwers that would put current shifts to shame and resulted in large portions of the field being wide open for hitters to take advantage. Still, the strange positioning might have lasted except for the almighty dollar. With no television or radio technology to convey the plays at first base, young boys, known colloquially as cornballers or children of the corn, were employed to wait near the first baseline and then, after the results of the inevitable infield single were made known, dash back to the waiting grandstand and report the results. This, unsurprisingly, did not result in the same level of fan engagement, and, as the runner and infielder inevitably disappeared over the horizon after every ball in play, fans would become restless and leave. So, when we reflect today on the number 90, it is to give thanks to League Commissioner Barney Crumpets, who, in 1903, fixed a concrete number to the distance between first and home, and in so doing, codified the game that we all love today. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Buddy Groom Franchise Report, where each week we take the most interesting news from Birdland and beyond and assign them an oddly specific ranking from strikeout to home run. Item number one this week is simple, the season so far. Alan, we're six and seven. The offense has come in fits and starts, and our starters have mostly just been in fits. What is your ranking of the Orioles' performance thus far in the 2014 season? Um, I think that so far our ranking is uh, reached on error. Um, we have successfully put the ball into play. Uh, and we made it difficult enough with for the third baseman that he had to charge the ball, pick it up barehanded, and unfortunately sail it over the first baseman's head, resulting in a successful base runner, but not a particularly dominant or um, convincing hit. Uh, I, I would say that the team has uh, showed flashes of the team we hope they will eventually become. I'm very happy with how Weeders is hitting. Um, I'm very excited about the fact that uh, it appears like some of the, the, the young guys, the Flaherty's and the Scopes, could eventually become the people who we need them to be, which is backup second baseman and third baseman when, when J.J. Hardy and Machado get, get healthy. Um, 
really worried about our starting pitching. My goodness. Uh, <laughs> my, my goodness. My goodness gracious. Not been a lot of fun. What's your uh, what's your ranking so far, Sam? Uh, well, it, when it comes to the starting pitching, my, my <laughs> ranking is clutched pearls. <laughs> I, would, I would call this uh, a Nate McClouth at bat from early 2013, or if you prefer, a John McCain campaign gaffe. <laughs> Go on. Which is to say the fundamentals of our economy are strong. Ah, okay. Uh, that okay. was John McCain, right? Who uh, said that? Wh- wh- I think it might have been Romney, wasn't it? No, it was, it was McCain. You're right. McCain. Okay. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Um, the reason I say a Nate McClough at bat in the early part of 2013 is that's back when we were deploying Nate McClough such that he was always playing with his platoon advantage. Right. Um, and we were we were looking at everything from a, a very hard, concrete baseball perspective, and we were getting the results that should come from doing that. Yeah. The reason I say that is because I think there is a lot of stuff to be very encouraged by that our record and some of our top-line stats are hiding. Uh, specifically, I want to flag the fact that Matt Wieters has done something which I haven't heard them talk about on any of the television or radio broadcasts so far this year, but I think is extremely noticeable, which is that from the left side of the plate, he's lowered his hands. So instead of having his hands uh, up behind his head, which he used to have and kind of waggling the bat back and forth, he's lowered them to down around the S in Orioles as the pitch comes in. Um, he raises them slightly, which means that when he swings, instead of swinging down at the ball and hitting endless ground balls to the right side, which is what we watched him do all last year. Attempted Baltimore chops. He's <laughs> inspired by the, was it the cornballers <laughs> who pioneered that? But as a result of that, he, instead of swinging down on top of the ball, he's swinging through it. And that's why I think we're seeing him hit all these line drives from the left side of the plate. And you, you sure it's not just the special syrup that Scott Boris puts in all of his clients' <laughs> breakfast cereal during their walk years? Well, I'm just saying I think I think uh, success has many fathers, uh, <laughs> as the saying doesn't go. Uh, another thing I want to flag is that I think uh, a very encouraging thing that we're seeing from Chris Davis, I know a lot has been made of the fact that he only just hit his first home run yeah, in the Sunday afternoon massacre of 2014. <laughs> I think that Chris Davis uh, has made adjustments similar to the way that Matt Wieters has, which is that he knows, I think, that he's not going to get the pitches to drive this year that he got last year. Right. Because last year, he hit 53 of those pitches out. (laughs) And especially at the end of the year, when they started throwing him pitches that they didn't think he could hit, he flailed at them helplessly. This year, when we're seeing him strike out, we're seeing him strike out looking. And what's happening additionally is that he's drawing more walks and he's hitting the ball the opposite way a little bit more. And like Matt Wieters, he's focusing more on just hitting line drives. And I think he's doing that because he's consciously said, you know what, I'm going to get my home runs. If you make a mistake, I'm going to hit it out. But I'm not going to get myself out for you the way I did at the end of last year. I'm going to focus on just using my natural strength to spray the ball all over the field. I'm going to take the walks when I can get them. And if and I'm going to make you get to a place where I'm hitting the pitches you don't want me to hit so well that you're forced to go back to throwing the pitches that I can really do something with. It also may be a little bit too much trying to read body language and 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 whatever through our very limited aspects of getting to watch him on Masson. But he does seem more relaxed. And when we when we saw Chris Davis as a as a Texas Ranger, and when we saw him early on in his Orioles career. He always looked upset. He would just walk back to the dugout with his head down when he struck out. His body language was really terrible, and he really didn't look like he was having any fun. And when we've seen him, we saw him at spring training. We've seen him in a couple early games here. He doesn't look like he's pressing. He looks pretty relaxed. He looks like he's up there trying to hit the ball wherever the pitcher allows him to hit the ball. And I think... You know, I will be extraordinarily happy if he can keep his average over 300 and 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 keep um, coming up with RBIs when he's in those situations, regardless of whether he puts it over the fence to do it. There's a sunniness there. Yeah. And one of my favorite anecdotes that I keep reading about on Rock Kabako's blog is that apparently every day before Buck Showalter posts the lineup, Chris Davis posts a fake lineup <laughs> where he puts himself in some random position that he would never play, like center field. Or a catcher. Um, and that, to me, is indicative of the fact that he feels comfortable, he feels assured of his place, both on the team and in the league. And I think if you look really closely at it, his performance is reflecting that. Item number two uh, on the Buddy Groom franchise report is a bit of a twin billing. 
Um, so not only are we seeing a huge uptick in Tommy John surgery news, a lot of people, I guess the most recent is Matt Moore going down um, for surgery. We're also seeing a huge uptick in prognosticators trying to guess as to why all these surgeries are happening. Now, Sam, I want you to rate both of those things. Okay. Uh, I am actually going to give them both the same rating. Okay. And the rating that I'm going to give them is actually a piece of baseball equipment, which is the <laughs> full head covering hockey style catcher's mask, ah. which I believe, um, I think it was maybe Yvonne Rodriguez was the first one to use sometime in the 90s. I could be wrong about that. And the reason I say that is because ironically enough... <laughs> What's going on? I almost accidentally stopped the recording <laughs> with my emphaticness. Uh, ironically enough, what I think this trend is doing is unmasking something. Ooh, oh, very that nice. Was tasty, yeah. wasn't it? Uh, and this is what I think is going on. So the one thing I think is that the theory that has been put forward that kids are starting to play very competitive baseball uh, and being pressured to throw breaking balls and throw too many innings and place a great emphasis on velocity at earlier and earlier ages and to play more and more innings every summer. I think that actually is a pretty ironclad um, explanation of what's happening. So I think in, the prognosticators are, are right when they say that, and I think they're also right to look to the players and coaches who are the ones expressing that theory because they're the ones who are the most in touch with that phenomenon right so i think what's unmasked there is the fact that there are actually very obvious reasons behind this um and the question of whether it's a good or a bad thing sort of leads into my second point which is that i think the real story behind the extreme uptick in tommy john surgeries and surgeries of all kinds is that these guys these baseball players as much as we like to think of them as individuals are um, commodities that mm. businesses make investments in. Mm -hmm. These are private companies who make investments in assets and they do everything that they can to protect those assets. And in the modern era, the, tech, the medical technology that exists has allowed them to be as conservative as any Fortune 500 company would be with a particular asset. Um, when it comes to these players. So does that suggest that in a previous generation, um, your Matt Moore would be, I have some shoulder stiffness, uh, he may miss a start, and then he'd come back out and throw a couple miles per hour less for the rest of the year? Yeah, I, I think I think it's a number of things. Uh, I think there is the historical context of the fact that because Matt Moore is probably one of this generation of kids who threw too many competitive breaking ball rich innings too soon, yeah. his body... Uh, did not have a chance to form the kind of defense against that injury that somebody who came up, you know, uh, in, say, the 70s did. Right. Combined with the fact that if you're the Rays, Matt Moore's 26 or 25 or whatever he is, mm -hmm. you know he's an electric left-handed arm. And especially when you're as careful about money as the Rays are, it's much better to bag this year and get his and next year, I guess, and get his arm fixed so that he can continue to contribute for you uh, years down the line. And so, I, to me, I guess that's sort of the untold story here: is that it's revealing how, the degree to which the commodification of these guys has become extremely prevalent. In general, I guess I would say that my rating for this is a. Um, an appearance by the king mascot at a Brooklyn Cyclones game, which is to say <laughs> vaguely disorienting and sort of confusing. I don't really know what to make of it mm, mm. Um, because it seems to me that it doesn't necessarily make sense to me that the earlier and oftener theory would be able to take over for the fact that we know for long periods of time that people could pitch way higher numbers of innings and at way more regularity. I mean, you know, the, the the numbers you see from pitchers who would go out and throw 12, 13, 14 innings, granted not quite as hard, but like 14 innings is crazy, and then come out five days later and do the same thing again and come out five days later. I mean, pitch a double 
double header, come back and pitch in the, in the night game. Those sorts of physical activities seem to me to be on such a different plane from someone who, even though they've been pitching earlier and more often and doing more things when they're younger, they're still on pitch counts and they're still being watched and they're still sort of like monitored by the best that medical science can have for a lot longer. So while I, I hear what you're saying about this ironclad, like it does make sense that the earlier and often and, and breaking balls and things, I, it, it doesn't totally make sense to me. It still but, doesn't totally connect because it seems like people used to be able to do what appears to me to be much more physically difficult things for much longer without ever having this surgery as an option. But you know what just occurred to me as you were saying that is that if there has been an if there has been a dramatic increase in the number of kids playing uh, Little League and American Legion and pre-professional baseball and doing that um, in an environment where they're throwing more breaking balls and throwing faster than they ever have before. That also means that those batters have seen more breaking balls at that age than they ever did before yeah. and seen faster pitches than they've ever seen before. And so with that, that means that hitters are getting better at an earlier age than they ever did, which means that if you're a young pitcher, your breaking ball has to have that much more cut and that much more sink, and your velocity has to be that much faster, or just your pitching intelligence has to be that much more, which means you're, in addition to playing whatever 70 games with your summer league team, you're also taking private pitching lessons. Sure. You're also going through an insane workout regimen. But the bigger, faster, stronger thing that you're suggesting here, which is, I think, something that we're seeing in football more than anything else, which is a game that I think has we have physically outgrown. Like we are now as a species because of the combination of steroids and, and physical training too fast and hit too hard and we are too strong to play football in a reasonable way. Are you making an argument then for that happening in baseball? Because if 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 what you're saying is that the earlier and the more often and the higher velocities and et cetera, et cetera, are, are we just past what is a reasonable um, thing to do to a human body? No, because I think the nature of baseball as a game protects against that. Hmm. You know, I think we, it's not as though we're seeing a greater number of pitchers throwing 100 miles an hour than we ever have. It's not as though we're seeing home runs being hit farther than we ever have. We're seeing a larger number of people try to develop a robust set of core skills which are roughly the same core skills that baseball players have always tried to develop. I think we've just reached a point where it's easier for more people to develop those core skills at a higher level, which means that the intensity of pressure to take those core skills and bring them to an elite level at an earlier age is extreme. Mm. And I think that's where it's coming from. Item number three for this week is a cross-sport question, which usually is something that I find quite alarming. However, I came across an article about the NBA fining the Spurs and coach Greg Popovich $250,000 for his decision to not only rest his aging starters, but to send them back to San Antonio a day early on a road trip in 2012. Undaunted by that fine, Pop has continued resting his players as he sees fit, and at this point late in the season, it has become a surprise if Tim Duncan, Manny Ginobili, and Tony Parker are all on the same court at the same time. He was resting his players during a 19-game winning streak, and even someone named Patty Mills is getting a DNP. Who the heck is that? <laughs> Alan, how do you rank the ever more extreme lengths that Popovich is going to in an effort to keep his creaky old guys going? I would rank it as um, a special uh, $1 off hot dog sale at the ballpark, <laughs> which is to say entirely irrelevant to the question of um, of coaching and the sport of basketball because Popovich is the best coach. I, I'm going to go ahead and say the best NBA coach of all time. Uh, he is at least up there with you heard it here first, folks. the greats. Um, and I, I actually think he's he's done more with less than anybody ever. And he is extraordinarily good at the same thing that Joe Madden is good at, which is finding sort of weird inefficiencies. He's kind of a Billy Bean kind of guy. He's a Joe Madden kind of a guy. He finds weird inefficiencies in the sport and he blows them out. 
he figured out that the corner three is a much more high percentage shot than anywhere else on the field. And for three or four years, the San Antonio Spurs had these old as shit guys who would stand in the corner and make corner threes again and again and again. Now the rest of the league has finished that, out, figured that out, and they have to go to another, another direction. But Popovich is a genius. <laughs> he is a he's he's coaxed an amazing amount of miles out of the body of Tim Duncan. I've read more Manu Ginobili is washed up. Um, uh, uh, articles than I can count and every year around playoff time he somehow seems to be still in the running for a sixth player sixth man of the year so I think that that the whole you know explosion about whether or not you get to go to a game and be guaranteed of seeing Tim Duncan or guaranteed of seeing Tony Parker is completely silly um, and I think that as a sports fan, we should we should learn to appreciate that Popovich is doing something that is absolutely brilliant and outside the box. And, you know, I know that if I was shelling out $2,000 to sit courtside and see Tim Duncan play LeBron James and one of those two guys didn't show up, I would be a little bit upset. But I think as any sort of reasonable sports fan, it means more to me that I get to continue to see Tim Duncan play at this incredibly high level for his entire career. He's going to be making another run. He's, they're going to be the first seed. They're going to be the number one seed in the NBA playoffs again this year after, again, a whole slew of there's no way they're too old articles, which I've been reading for three or four years. It's amazing. I think we're going to have a very similar rating about this one. And my ranking is that it's a tweet from the official MLB Twitter account. <laughs> Which says Masahiro Tanaka struck out 10 in seven innings against the Orioles and neglects to point out that it was a no decision and the Yankees lost. It, it's, it's telling the wrong story. Yeah. And I think that's something that is happening again and again and again and more visibly than ever by the NBA, by Major League Baseball, probably by the NFL too, although I haven't seen any as clear-cut examples, where they're doing this thing where they think they... In a sense, I think we can give them credit for wanting to be about the fans. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, not really though, because I don't think that. Um, I, I mean, I don't think that the fans who sit, who want to go watch the game and sit in the nosebleeds, give a shit. And I think that they're much more reasonable about the whole process. Well, that's the thing. I think that they, the they're the fan that they're catering to with these absurd fines and rules is a fan that a focus group is telling them exists, and. Maybe, and sure, that fan kind of does exist. There are people who will retweet the MLB fan cave just for saying, it's opening day, in all caps, <laughs> 4,000 retweets. Yep. There is that fan out there, but is that really the fan that if you're MLB or you're the NBA, you want to be making sure is engaged with you? We hope not. <laughs> that, I don't think, is the fan that you want engaged. And what's happening is that increasingly the smartest fans, the most engaged ones, the ones who understand the intricacies of Popovich's strategy and why he benched those players and sent them back, the, the, the fans that understand why Manny Machado isn't back yet because it would be ruining the rest of his career to rush him back, the fans that that understand these more high-level, intricate, strategic, art-of-the-game type decisions, Yeah, those fans are more and more, f and in greater numbers, fleeing from the NBA and Major League Baseball-approved outlets, and they're much more engaged in places like Fangraphs, they're much more engaged in places like Baseball Prospectus, they're much more engaged with non-approved channels of, of content distribution and marketing, because those are the people who are actually giving them what they want. Those are the people who are actually rewarding their engagement. What a lot of the official outlets are doing is sort of insulting our intelligence. And I think it's um, very much, you know, they, they've realized that the people who pay the $3,000 to sit courtside at an NBA game are the kind of people who are there, not necessarily as fans of the Spurs, but as casual basketball fans. And those are the people who would really be upset that they didn't get to see the two names that they know on the team, which are Tim Duncan and LeBron James, battle it out. Um, it doesn't matter that those two guys play different positions. It doesn't matter that they wouldn't actually match up against each other much at all. And it doesn't matter that actually in the particular game that Popovich was fined for, the scrubs of the Spurs were up by three with 30 seconds left. That does not matter. I watched that game, and it was a fantastic fucking game. And the Spurs played their system because they're a very good basketball team. And the fact that they didn't have any of those three guys and still almost won suggests that the entire thing, if you happen to be a fan of basketball, should have been completely moot. 
Right. Well, and when you look at the Tanaka situation, I don't think it's too much of a Homer argument to say the real story of Tanaka's outing so far is, yes, devastating S- splitter. Massive numbers of strikeouts. A lot and of strikeouts. Games. But he also uh, has given up some home runs. And in the game that we saw him pitch at Yankee Stadium, every single ball the Orioles hit was smoked. Yeah, he's and, getting hit hard. And we're talking about his first time through the division. So if teams right now are making very hard contact against him and he's able to get by with strikeouts, we're not talking about an ace. We're talking about somebody who's very hard to pin down right now. And MLB.com's Twitter account... Doesn't want that narrative. (laughs) ...would have you believe that the storyline is... Tanaka so dominant right now. Yeah, and and the same. I mean, we could we could go. We could have another thirty minutes of ranting about how Billy Hamilton is actually not a good baseball player yet. He he's may eventually. He may eventually become a very good baseball player, but he's not good now. But when he did one amazing thing by making it from first to third and then stealing home on a ridiculous play, that was of course the narrative of that day. Right. I don't think that anyone who has any iota of an understanding of how baseball works thinks he's a good player at this point. People see his potential. I'm not arguing with the potential, but I, I just think it's very interesting that the um, that that both MLB and Major League Base um, and and the NBA, like you're saying, are going so much for the casual fan that I think that they are uh, intentionally or unintentionally pushing away people who care about the fact that <laughs> Greg Popovich has overseen the. The, the the only great dynasty since the Lakers went down. One of the things I think, you know, is is an interesting way of looking at this is I think those people, the executives at Major League Baseball are sitting in meetings and saying, we can use Twitter to figure out how uh, popular and engaged a given sport or a given storyline is. So what we should do is decide ahead of time what we think the main storylines are going to be and try to drive a lot of attention on Twitter to those storylines. And by doing that, what we'll be doing is proving the validity and relevance of our sport with the fan base. But that's not actually what you're doing. All you're doing is proving that Twitter is popular. Yeah. I would like to say uh, to, before any people who also like basketball listen to this podcast and become (laughs) annoyed, I do acknowledge that the Miami Heat are probably close to a dynasty, but I'm going to need to see what they do if Dwayne Wade's body totally falls apart and if they can retool. Because I think that the definition of a dynasty for me has to be a little bit more sustained success if they can keep it going and, re- and rebuild around LeBron. That'll do it for this week's Buddy Groom Franchise Report. Now stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We're about to get on the phone with our good friend Ben Mastin, who, as we told you earlier, is about to make his romantic future the subject of mockery on the Baltimore Ons podcast. Stay with us. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are on the line with regular Baltimore Ons. I almost said audience of two. <laughs> we are on the line with regular Baltimore Ons contributor Ben Mastin, who joins us uh, to begin an audacious project, the likes of which have never been heard, uh, at least uh, that I'm aware of. <laughs> um, as many of you perhaps are aware, Major League Baseball, in one of its epically stupid corporate partnerships, <laughs> this year has joined up with Match.com for MLB Singles, powered by Match.com, where single MLB fans meet. That's now, good. That's nice. That's a nice, that's a mellifluous piece of reading ad copy you just did. <laughs> I am available at very low rates for all your voiceover needs. Now, Benjamin... As you have perhaps guessed from his uh, frequent availability to record stupid podcasts (laughs) at all hours of the night, (laughs) is a single man. Just a goddamn minute. (laughs) uh, Ben, I forgot to tell you, this is a a hit job. (laughs) A hit job segment. As our friend Garrett Hall would say, I'm not on trial here. That's true. So Benjamin oh. uh, Benjamin is a single man and a baseball fan, making him the ideal candidate for MLB singles. So candidate anyway. What he's agreed to do is to create a profile on this site, and then presumably, if anyone is attracted to his hideous face, 
Excuse me. <laughs> Go you on. You for radio yourself, my friend. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, but there are no pictures of me on dating sites. <laughs> Not anymore. Uh, so moved for the Geneva Convention. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> War crimes, Zing. <laughs> yeah. You're on, you're on the Higgs dating site. <laughs> that is probably the most highbrow <laughs> dating website joke that will ever be made. Here's a fun fact. An ex-girlfriend of mine now works at the International Criminal Court in the Hague, and I'm appearing on this idiot podcast. <laughs> Advantage Mastin. So, yeah, who uh, wants to hang out with Nazis all day, dude? You, you're definitely winning that one. Oh, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> yeah, why not hang out here with two half Jews? <laughs> so, between, yeah, so actually, between the three of us, there's 1.5 Jews involved in this podcast. That's true. Okay, so I feel I, like we went on a tangent. <laughs> I have to. I have to finish setting up the bit. The bit is Ben's going to sign up for one of these here match MLB singles match dot com profiles. Sorry, MLB.com profiles powered by Match.com. <laughs> I'm screwing up the copy. Anyway, Ben's going to do that and then presumably go on a series of dates with eligible female baseball fans. And uh, Ben will then, once he goes on those dates, report back to us with scouting reports on the various ladies who he meets. And hopefully, ladies and gentlemen, Baltimoreans will be the rocket ship to love that Ben <laughs> has been seeking for the entirety of his pathetic adult life. Okay. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so what we're going to do tonight uh, is begin this uh, audacious project, which clearly is already off to a very, <laughs> very strong start, uh, by collaboratively, co collaboratively building... Collaboratively... <laughs> 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 by collaboratively, by collagulatedly building. Are you, are you thinking about Labrador poodle mixes while you're trying to record a podcast? Um, I I mean yes, but I feel like we've gone on a tangent. I feel like we've... <laughs> it's, it's sort of my default state. Also, tangent is a, sort of our default state, so that also, makes sense too. They have cute little noses. <laughs> Just like some of the women at Match.com. Here we go. Nicely right. done, Benjamin. Have you ever considered being a professional podcast host? That, that's what's known in the biz as a reset. Oh, my God. All right. Somebody had to stick the landing. All right. Let's see. Okay. So, so ben Benjamin, yeah. are, you, are you at the page where you begin creating your MLB singles powered by Match.com profile? I am. So let me describe it to you. Okay. What do you see? Okay, um, the background is a blurry, out-of-focus picture of, uh, of a baseball stadium with fans sitting in the stands. Presumably all of them single. I mean, you would think. Sure. Uh, in the foreground, it's a mosaic of photos of attractive people of both genders. Also a couple of unattractive people of both genders. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta keep it balanced. Um, now, I want to I stress to the Baltimore on listeners. Yes. That Sam first... Uh, pitched this idea to me over gchat maybe a week ago uh -huh. and and my initial reaction was i am never doing this that sounds humiliating and stupid and then 10 seconds later i thought but it would be pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> well we're trying to make the humiliation factor just as high as we can on this end <laughs> yeah i hope you're i hope you're uh, you're feeling satisfactorily humiliated so far my cheeks are stinging with tears. All right, now. Uh, all right, so here we go. I've entered my search criteria. Okay. Uh, man looking for woman between ages of 25. I narrowed it to 36. Let's get started and find you a date. Ooh, Great. Yes, let's. Tell us about yourself. <laughs> okay. Okay, so what, 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 what important information is Match asking? What is your hair color, your eye color? This is remarkably like the trials in the Hague, actually. <laughs> I know. Uh, let's see. How tall are you? I, oh, so, uh, you know, first of all, missed opportunity. How tall are you? It defaults to five feet, five inches, which I think it should list as Altuve. 
that is a missed opportunity. That that uh, if they had thought about this for five minutes. Yeah, I mean, what yeah. what 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 were your hair color options? Did you just put in dark or brown, or did you get to did you get to match uh, uh, it against your blonde, favorite? Dark blonde, light brown, dark brown. You know, hair colors. I mean, there's but nothing. they're not. They don't give you like Chris Davis or. Uh, <laughs> they don't. They don't. Well, they're all wearing hats, guys. That's that's true. They, their options should be like Coco Crisp. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Raul Ibanez, you know, yeah. and everywhere in between. <laughs> Let's but, see here. Uh, guys, would you describe me as slender, about average, athletic and toned, heavy set, a few extra pounds, or stocky? Uh, I'm going to put about average, which is what people put when they realize they don't want to answer that question. Uh, <laughs> I think you should put replacement level body type. <laughs> yeah. Physique, up, I, th- I think it should be PARP. Physique above replacement PARP. physique. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, and here, the next option is what? what's your sign, and the options are the astrological signs when it should, should clearly be... Should be curve, fastball, fast, yeah. or steal yeah. second. Yeah. Well, then, then people might be interpreting that as, like, sexual preferences, too, because that's, like, you know, if you're, if you're thinking particularly metaphorically there, like, curve, slurve, slider. <laughs> oh, that's, that's true. true. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Fastball! <laughs> Still, I think more revealing than astrological sign. Well, I picked I don't believe in astrology, so let's keep going. All right, sounds good. That's interesting that they give you that option. It is interesting that they give you that option. Do you think this whole category of our of our uh, of our process is bullshit? Just answer that here. Now, are you concerned <laughs> that by saying you don't believe in astrology, you've opted out of ever meeting a Colorado Rockies fan? <laughs> now, hold on. <laughs> I've not ever, first of all, I, I've not ever met in person a Colorado Rockies fan. I don't think I have either. Much less a female one, but I they didn't, my, I feel like that would be more of like an Anaheim Angels kind of thing. Uh, like, okay. You know? Fair, like, fair. Maybe so, Padres. You know, I really I, love Mike Trout and I'm a Capricorn. Yeah. Yeah. A little <laughs> bit of that. <laughs> That's what they sound like in Orange County. That's how they talk in Anaheim. The reason I said Colorado (laughs) is because they're the closest to the sky of all the baseball teams. (laughs) Okay. I didn't realize that that was the logic I was working with here. Um, Let's see here. Jump. We'll just sort of quietly bleep this out as I put in my jump. (laughs) Uh, No, no. Let's go back to that. Self-employed entrepreneur. (laughs) (laughs) Famous podcast guest. Yeah, uh, Ben, you skipped a key detail. Uh, it says, "What's your relationship status?" And oh, never, never married. Never yeah, married. but I note you're not allowed to put married. So apparently, those oh, of us yeah. who are quote in the lifestyle are not allowed to participate in MLB singles powered by Match.com. Which, just so we don't we don't totally throw Ben Mastin under the bus uh, as the only single baseball fan on this podcast right now. Um, uh-huh. I will I will say one interesting thing about Match.com, which uh, is different than the OKCupid okay experience, is the OKCupid okay experience seems to be wide open to the whole married and questioning it thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. I uh, I had a very very brief uh, stab at OKCupid okay a while back, which I stopped doing because I thought it was humiliating and stupid. Seconded. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, but of course, as we now know, the, the real flaw in that plan was I should have been broadcasting it. So (laughs) yes, yes, yes. Uh, all right. Let's see here. Do I smoke? No. Uh, do you chew uh, copious amounts of tobacco? Yeah. Where's the, uh, this is, is is this, or is this not a baseball dating site? (laughs) Oh, here's one. What types of sports and exercise do you like? Wait, doesn't that, doesn't that automatically fill in? It should, shouldn't it? Baseball? Base, yes. Baseball is not automatically checked here. Now, I'm starting to suspect, I don't want to throw anyone under a bus here, but I'm starting to this suspect is just, this, this is, is just, just match.com. match.com. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, what, what types of sports and exercise do you like? Uh, I checked baseball and I have moved on. I'm now on where did you grow up? Uh, wait, you, were, you could also have checked auto racing, motocross. <laughs> I know. I think there that's should for, be a that's for motocrosssingles.com though. I think there should be no, a no, subcategory. Actually, that would be motocross powered by match.com. Yes, right. please. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Motocross leaps maybe? I'm not sure what that would be. <laughs> yeah. I think there should be there should be a website for people who know the difference between auto racing and motocross. 
motocross is motorcycles and that's all i got that's that's <laughs> and i'm spent <laughs> yeah um what is your ethnicity well we've already covered that on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> we've covered half of it yeah you're skipping sections again what is your education level oh i already hit that bachelor's degree as you know you were there okay now yeah. uh again i feel like there's a little bit of prejudice happening here what if you were drafted in the second round by the philadelphia phillies straight out of high school yeah uh, do you fall into that category benjamin was I drafted by the Phillies out of high school? Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, bullet dodged MLB singles powered by Match.com. Yeah. You support charities that's no answer, save the planet, save animals, help people fight illnesses. That's really, that's, that's all they could come up with for charities? Those are the only ones. Save the planet, wow. planet save animals, help people fight illnesses. I'm going to put no answer because... Uh, maybe I'm not as liberal as I thought I was, but uh, all of those sound silly. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, illnesses well, are great. I mean, here's, here's the... <laughs> all right, Benjamin, what would you do with an unexpected bonus? Would you treat yourself to something special, celebrate with friends and family, save half and spend the rest, donate to a cause I really believe in? That one's out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or reduce your credit card balance. Again, so me... those are your only options. <laughs> I, I know uh, get turnt on cocaine and hit up <laughs> the Hustler Club is not available. That one's not there. Uh, also, uh, uh, let's see here. Hit the town and get my photo taken with A-Rod and my homies at the club. <laughs> that, that, that is a low blow, Benjamin. Sending, sending tremors of fear throughout Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> That's... That that hurts. You left out the part where you have Yonder Alonso as a stabilizing presence in your life. Oh, that's right. That's right. It, which allows you to resist A-Rod and his centaur charms. So which one are you picking? <sighs> oh, great Christ. What would what do you think a female lady baseball fan who's also desperate slash stupid enough to go on this site would want to hear? Well, I, I think it's unfortunate that you've taken such a firm <laughs> anti-charity stance. <laughs> Because I would actually think that that would probably be a point in your favor. Well, I mean, I like charity in real life. I just don't like this impossibly broad collection. That they... <laughs> well, so so you would give some of that bonus to charity of a very specific and targeted nature. Right, right, right. As opposed to, I don't know, something that helps animals, I guess. Well, note, uh, <laughs> note that donate to a cause you really believe in. That cause could be keeping Torchy's Tacos in business. <laughs> Can I tell you that Torchy's Tacos has has fallen some in my esteem? Anyway, this is I feel we've gone on a tangent. Need a reset. Need a reset. Ben, take it away. Let's go with let's go with celebrate with friends and family. Ah, oh, that's that sounds nice. Oh man, I've got a raging boner. <laughs> and action. Choose the kind of movies you like. Now, Benjamin, can you please describe the pictures <laughs> that accompany the movie types here? <laughs> this is, first of all, this must just be Match.com. And may I say that Match.com, if that's what this is, is the most boring site in any way connected with sex I have ever seen. <laughs> well, a yeah. fair point. I mean, but it is about relationships, so. What are your favorite movie genres? And it has action-adventure, for which there is a picture of two helicopters gliding over the sea. Not not one helicopter. <laughs> two helicopters. Two helicopters. Implying sure. that they're part of an attack wing. <laughs> well, it's action and adventure. Right. You've got your action copter and your adventure copter. <laughs> and yeah. never the twain shall meet. Yeah. Yeah. Action and adventure are roommates and then they go out on missions. Um, <laughs> comedy, which is a lady in a hat sticking her tongue out looking through some backwards opera glasses. Hilarious. I wish I could tell you I was making this up. Romance, which is uh, two attractive uh, Caucasian people clinking wine glasses. Hmm. Thriller, which is two indeterminate <laughs> figures going down a distorted dark hallway. <laughs> Seems fair. I would like to point out uh, for those listening along at home that we're talking about movies here. And despite the fact that we're dealing with MLB and Match.com, two corporations that make <laughs> a lot of money, they apparently were not willing to spring for the licensing uh, costs to no, get is... images from actual movies here, especially no, because I could put uh, Bull Durham in that one of those categories, League of Their Own in another category. I mean, yeah. you could you could fill this in very easily with some solid baseball films. Uh, next category is drama, and this is maybe the best one. The, the drama category is a picture of a sad baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what that's what uh, 
the single folks of the world are until they discover <laughs> MLB singles powered by Match.com. Science fiction, which is a flying saucer. Foreign films, which is a picture of an indeterminate European man looking out over a hill. Now, <laughs> what's great, Benjamin, is that there's nothing to determine him uh, explicitly as European except for the fact that he appears to be wearing a driving cap. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which is a dead giveaway. Yeah, yeah. sure. It that, clearly that says European from- to me. That man is a voting member of the EU. Over at The Hague, whenever somebody comes in in a driving cap, we always pull out our our translation books. Yeah, that's how you know. And Classic, which is a woman who is not Audrey Hepburn, but is dressed like Audrey Hepburn. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So which which of these are you going to pick? Let's put Action and Adventure. Oh, I can pick multiple. Action and Adventure and Comedy. They really didn't give you a sports movie category, huh? They didn't give you a sports movie category. How am this I going to tell this them? Is, this is looking worse and worse for uh, this, this. Worse and worse. I'm starting to feel oh, like I it's going to be very hard for you to meet a baseball fan. <laughs> I know. Let's see here. Where would you go if you had two weeks off? Baseball, not an option. Not and an spring option. Spring training? Come on. Okay, so now we get to the part where uh, we describe the woman of your dreams. Hints and tips. Don't be too picky here. It will really limit your options. Well, we've been about as general as anyone can be so far. <laughs> yeah, we certainly have not given any actual details that would... <laughs> also, also... You've been in, matched in... with all women. <laughs> well, it gets better, actually. It's funny you should mention that because if you cast your eyes down to the bottom of the page in the how tall is she section, it defaults. Your, your default range is a woman from 3 feet 0 inches <laughs> to 8 feet 11 inches. <laughs> well, we don't want to we don't want to uh, knock anybody out, out of the running here. So no, I don't want to knock anybody. I don't want to be too selective. I don't want to be a jerk. <laughs> I mean, the clear question is who do you find more attractive, Tyrion Lannister or Randy Johnson? <laughs> I mean, I want look, I'm I'm a modern I'm a modern non-judgmental fella. I, but my options are for a woman who is less than half my height to a woman who is 1.5 times my height. <laughs> Isn't the tallest person ever recorded like 7 feet 5 inches? I'm looking for Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> I mean, I'm just wondering why they stopped at 8 feet 11. Like, sure. why not? Because if there is an 8 foot 11 inch woman out there, who am I to say no to her? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you even have that choice. No, uh, I... Pretty sure her will is my own at that point. <laughs> but now, again, I feel like they have really whiffed on a chance to um, do the cross-branding that they could be doing here. And to use a baseball term, which they have not. <laughs> Ever. But they yeah. could have, like, for example, given you a list of people that Derek Jeter has been seen with in public. Yep. And, sure. And, and, and ask you to choose your favorite of them. Are you more of a Minka Kelly or are you more of a, uh, oh, fuck it, Jessica Biel? There you go. There you go. Yeah. I think that's a good question. I, I would a- answer for the Minka Kelly category. How or well... are you more of a Derek's mom, which is the only other woman <laughs> that I can remember that he's been connected to, but I'm sure there are others. Oh, yes. <laughs> there are others. At one point, just... he was uh, very closely connected to her <laughs> when he was in her womb. All right, let's move on. I feel like we've gone on a tangent. <laughs> Need a reset. Mastin, take it away. Okay, what's her relationship status? Uh, never married, widow slash widower, currently separated, divorced. Uh, I guess I don't have a preference. Uh, I'd prefer that they are not coming off a recent death of a spouse, but there's no real good way to put that. That's true. <laughs> that seems fair. That they don't have fair. a grieving widow as an option. <laughs> yeah. Especially if they're like actively under investigation or (laughs) connected to that death in untoward ways. Have they recently received a large life insurance payment? (laughs) We haven't seen Roger in months. (laughs) What's her relationship status? Marge Simpson, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, apparently that was Marge. That was Michael Marge. Okay. Uh, Let's see here. Does she have kids? Uh, No, and that is a deal breaker. Um, I'm not in a position to be a stepfather. <laughs> um, Fair. Does she want kids? I'm going to put no preference. What do, you, what do you mean you're not in a position to be in a stepfather? You just stated earlier that you're a successful independent entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now we get to the good stuff. Uh, Your headline. What? So what headline are you going to write for yourself, Benjamin? I'm doing this for a radio show. <laughs> Okay, I like your honesty. I don't I'm doing know. this for a radio show, and here's a link. You can send them a review. Ah, you I like this, I like this more and more. 
Uh, let's see here. You didn't go with Yankees win, huh? Oh, oh man. Uh, I want some sex. I want some sex. <laughs> Interestingly, you sound exactly like John Sterling. <laughs> it's, boy, it's probably better not to think about that. <laughs> Too late. Everyone now is. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, John. Susan. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oops, I just oh, killed no. Ben's childhood. Oh, it's like talking about your aunt and uncle. <laughs> Right about you or your match. Yeah, go, Yanks! <laughs> <laughs> that works. Good enough for me. Keep going. The answer cannot be less than 200 characters. Oh, my goodness. All right, we're going to copy and paste go, Yanks, a lot. <laughs> so, just to be clear, ladies and gentlemen, and especially the ladies in the audience, <laughs> Ben, given the opportunity to write about himself or his ideal romantic partner is choosing to write, go Yanks, go Yanks, go Yanks, go Yanks, go Yanks. <laughs> I think perhaps that says a little bit something about maybe an unwillingness to be too personally revealing. <laughs> what the hell happened? I just lost you. So whatever you just said about me, I didn't hear. <laughs> no, it's, it's good. Let's keep going. <laughs> My profile will be reviewed by one of our match care specialists within 24 hours. Ooh. Oh, you're going to get the real life, uh, real life edit there, huh? Well, I hope I hope they uh, first of all somebody just tried to stab Sam with a broadsword. <laughs> it's okay, happens a lot. Happens a lot here at Hootenanny Studios. It's a risk we're all we all knew was coming. So uh, this is actually this is actually kind of an amazing place to end because it's a cliffhanger. Will Ben's cliffhanger. Will Ben's profile be approved? <laughs> and wait, can I point this? Out? Can I point something out? They still have not asked me a single baseball related question. And it doesn't sound like they're going to. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. <laughs> it would be it would be great uh, if if once you were approved, then all of a sudden the hard hitting baseball questions come in, <laughs> like uh, yeah, somebody they're from all, they're, my my match care specialist is Lou Pinella. <laughs> <laughs> somebody from Fangraphs calls you and says, "How is true average calculated?" <laughs> I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> What is Yangervis Solarte's batting average on balls in play entering play tonight? I don't know, but probably pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Well, well, we'll have to leave it there, ladies and gentlemen. Join us next, <laughs> next week, week for the thrilling conclusion when we find out if Ben's profile was approved. I'm going to go ahead and predict no. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Baltimoreans, the home of the all-weather fan. I'm Sam Dingman. And I'm Alan Smith. Folks, as Sam has told you at the top of this broadcast, we are very excited to have our first official sponsor on board here at Baltimoreans. And while we know that none of you like listening to commercials, the terms of our contract dictate that we've got to play this ad for you in order to get our check every month. You know, as I'm saying this, it actually occurs to me that Sam neglected to tell me who the sponsor actually is, so I'm unfortunately unable to personally recommend whatever it is that we're about to advertise. However, I am confident that you will want to purchase their product and or service after you hear, well, whatever we're about to play you. Here we go. Hi, I'm Wei Yin Chen. You may know me from such innings as one through five. I'm often asked, weigh in, how do you manage to get tired so easily? And when people ask, I tell them, it's no lack of bat-missing secondary pitches which prevent me from getting through the lineup a third time. No, friends, it's much simpler than any of that. How do I do it? Wei-Yin Chen's Instant Fatigue Tonic, available wherever performance-reducing drugs are sold. Created using a top-secret blend of infield dirt, forearm sweat, and surreptitiously pilfered drops of my interpreter's tea every morning at breakfast, my instant fatigue tonic is perfect for those moments in life when you need to slow down, often suddenly and without warning. Use it when you've been pulling late nights at the office all week and finally have a few minutes on a Friday to unwind, or after dinner when you've finally gotten the kids off to bed, or do what I do, drink three hearty gulps in the dugout before you take the mound in the sixth inning of a baseball game. Now as with any medication, 
There are a few side effects you should be aware of when using Wei Yin Chen's Instant Fatigue Tonic, including, but not limited to, the abrupt and complete loss of any knowledge of elementary arithmetic, an innate awareness of the cardinal directions relative to your own body, the ability to distinguish non-grayscale colors, your sense of smell, the names of your friends and loved ones, and the ability to pound the bottom of the strike zone or throw your off-speed pitches for strikes. I won't lie to you, it's powerful stuff. In fact, some of my friends have taken to calling me Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, which is a reference I don't understand because we didn't read weird British ghost stories growing up in Taiwan. But take it from me, when you're as productive as I am 60% of the time, people will grudgingly accept the fact that you're a completely useless sack of limbs the other 40% of the time. So buy a bottle today. In fact, if you call right now, you'll get a special bonus offer. Two cans of Scott Boris Original Formula Walk Year Juice. This offer won't last long, so call today. 909-RIB-WARS. That's 909-RIB-WARS. That is about all the time we have. You should probably go place your order for uh, Mr. Chen's tonic now because I'm sure it'll be flying off the shelves. Bottles are going fast. But you know, Sam, despite being mostly out of time on tonight's show, there is something that I feel we need to share with every moron out there. Now, here's the situation. I got my tax refund today and, in my excitement, decided that I should go get another Orioles jersey. I think a fairly reasonable assumption. I've always wanted to rep the colors of my favorite Oriole of all time, Jeremy Guthrie. So I plugged in his name, the word Jersey, and Orioles into the handy old browser and was rewarded beyond my wildest dreams. www.cheapforjerseys.net claims to be the source for licensed sports apparel. I cannot imagine this is the case. <laughs> Not only was I able to score a Guthrie number 46 for about 30 bucks, I was also able to find the following truly spectacular description of my future apparel. It is worthy of stating that our Baltimore Orioles Jeremy Guthrie jersey are good in quality and fashionable in design. Moreover, that fabric they are produce of is quite comfortable, close-fitting. Consequently, the Baltimore Orioles Jeremy Guthrie gray men jersey could offer your beloved the most affectionate protection and the sweetest good care. Have you been convinced? Then do not think twice any longer. You'll find it factual that the Orioles jerseys cheap is not a Baltimore Orioles Jeremy Guthrie jersey as common as other people. It might also fill you with the passion, excitement, and the unity of the MLB Orioles. That is spectacular. And I was convinced because I immediately purchased one. Who would not want to have the most affectionate protection and sweetest good care on their body? Who, I ask you. But it actually gets a lot better, Baltimoreans. Check out, for example, the promises associated with a Pedro Florimon Road Black. We find time to watch a game once a week now, with the Orioles Road Pedro Florimon 69 baseball jersey. Although we do not often do sports, we think of Pedro Florimon jersey cheap as being the hope of energy. <laughs> Are you being contacted? If you ever, quit waiting. It is really worth mentioning that the Orioles jerseys cheap is not a commonplace Orioles Pedro Florimon jersey like other people. No, sir. Because it could help you sense the energy, eagerness, and the togetherness of the MLB Baltimore Orioles. Now, now we have a lot of togetherness as a theme coming out of these reviews, as well as I love energy and eagerness. These are admirable qualities, I think, to gain from a piece of clothing. But where the site really sold me, is when the promises that it made around Nick Markakis and his particular brand of jersey. I remember that I had on the cheap orange Nick Markakis jersey and went to watch the game of the MLB Orioles in those days. And I acquainted myself with my sweetheart, who also loves basketball. Thereafter, we knew each other well, well, and then fall in love, and then she became my lady. As a result, this cheap Nick Markakis Orange Orioles 21 jersey is the witness of us. 
Could be the MLB Orioles the favorite baseball group of your husband? If it is, at the present, we give you cheap orange Nick Marcakis jersey for you to express your affection. Purchase a Baltimore Orioles jersey's cheap for him. And after that, he will be a parent with your love. I will take seven. <laughs> I shall give them as gifts to all of my favorite people and thus will be a parent with my love. And speaking of love, I want a quick shout out to our friends, Ali Beswick, Chris Knightsey, Utah Street Report, at Baltimore Dave S., at KSowers ESR, and at OBP Apparel for sharing on Twitter with the amazement and joy that we found in the discovery of this fantastic baseball site. Our program of delight and majesty is written and orchestrated as a result of Sam Dingman and Alan Smith and contained the music by Marshall York, Town Hall, Weather Report, Fish, and the Black Crows. If you find all the episodes of Baltimoreans to bring comfort and the hope of energy, our show is our website, bemorons.com, or in iTunes, where you can be a parent with your love, with a review. Shed your uncertainty also on Twitter with at bmorons. Alan, <laughs> what do you call Henry Arudia when he's taken up residence in a humorously named Michigan town where I once stole some guacamole from a burrito restaurant on a college road trip? Sam, I know you well enough to know that the answer to that question is clearly Henry Kalamazoo Rudia. And good night. Baltimoreans is a member of the Baltimore Sports Report Network. Find, find more podcasts like this at baltimoresportsreport.com.